welcome to the Engineer of What podcast. Today you have myself, Nathan, and our co-host, Ricky. Just kidding. Ricky actually isn't here this week. If you guys listen to our previous episode, Ricky just got married last week, uh, back uh, August 18th, down in Pennsylvania. I went down. It was a great wedding. Um, I don't want to give too much away, so we're going to wait until the next episode for him to come talk about it uh, when he gets back on. So I know that Ricky's not here, and I know this isn't our 10th episode, uh, like how we normally bring on a guest, but uh, conveniently enough, my father was around, Aaron Westfall, so I wanted to bring him on just so that you guys weren't just listening to me ramble on for 30, 40 minutes. So Aaron, how you doing? I'm going to call you dad from now on, because Aaron's kind of weird. That is a little weird. <laughs> But how you doing? I'm doing good today. Good. So for everyone listening, I mean, other than the fact that you're my father, can you kind of give any more detail in terms of who you are, background experience, your role as an engineer, all that stuff? Sure. So I've been working in the engineering field for about 30 years. Um, I have an associate's degree in civil engineering and then a bachelor's degree um, in civil engineering from Rochester Institute of Technology. I have been working in the mostly petrochemical business for about, like I said, 30 years. My father was an engineer. My brother's an engineer. My uncle's an engineer. So we have a long line of engineers in the family. Are they all also petrochemical engineers? No. Two of them primarily do structural work, and the other one did heavy highway. Was Uncle Doug the heavy highway guy? That was Uncle Dick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh so 30 years in petrochemical, have you worked at the same place for 30 years or are you a couple different places? No, or? I've worked both for my father for a while and then for several of the major uh, chemical companies. And then for about the last 19 years, I'd worked for an engineering company um, that primarily spec- worked more in the uh, petroleum side doing terminal pipeline work and things along that line. Gotcha. So 19 years at one company, is that normal for your field? Because I know software engineer kind of two years is average. So I don't um, know what it depends. Is. I've seen the younger generation does tend to even engineering jump around a little bit more. Um, but probably if you're 30 to 35 and starting with a company, you're probably going to be with them for a little bit longer. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And you've even seen that at when you guys hire people. If you hire someone straight out of college. Correct. They're kind of gone by the time they're 30, you'd say. Yeah, than- yeah. So we get things, you know, we do get the millennials that bounce around. We also get folks that are just trying to understand their career path. And then also, you know, maybe um, maybe their wife gets a job somewhere or something like that and they have to move away. So we, we do end up seeing that. Um, yeah, yeah. Is there anything with the, the hiring process of engineers that you've witnessed? Like in terms of, I mean, you hire, you interview a 35-year-old versus a 25-year-old. Are you at that point looking for experience because i mean this is different than software engineering right you kind of learn on the job i feel like a lot easier than maybe some because you work i mean i work with hundreds of thousand dollars of projects you work with millions and millions dollars worth of projects um probably what we're looking for in the older people is what their experience is and stuff like that for the younger folks it's really um attitude so we're really trying to see are you dedicated to your craft are you you know willing to work um, you know, what's your commitment to quality? What's your commitment to um, finding the right answer? Um, so it's hard when a person's only been out of school for a year or two. I get it. We, you know, I remember being in the same boat. You don't, you don't know a ton. Yeah. You know some yeah, stuff yeah. from a book, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, but really, it's, it's the thirst for knowledge and the thirst to want to do a good job. 
And what we have found that's been pretty effective is we put everybody on a three, four month probation period, especially the younger hires. And you will probably know after the first month if if they're going to work out or not. Okay. I don't think I've ever done that before. We're like, is it in the, I don't know, hiring contract? It or is. Something? Yeah, it's in the contract and we have and stuff like that. Um, but it's one of those things that um, you can tell, like I said, pretty quick if somebody's really dedicated to what they want to do yeah. or if it's, you know, kind of just a second thing they're doing and they're more interested in gaming <laughs> something <else. laughs> or something along those yeah, lines. Showing your age there. That's good. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So with the younger, younger crowd, you're kind of looking for more of the attitude to kind of help them guide their way as they're starting to learn more about engineering yeah and the yeah. older crowd you kind of just expect them to know what they're doing yeah so if we get there. somebody that comes in who's 30 or 35 weeks out and have a good basic general knowledge of a lot of things um somebody that's coming into the craft at a, at a younger age out of high school or i mean out of college what what we would like to do is have them in the office um you know alongside one of our more senior folks not doing a bunch of high-end tasks but getting started on things basically the, the basics of engineering the other thing we found that's been super helpful, and I would encourage probably a lot of the un- younger engineers for this, would be uh, to get out into the field um, and talk to and see and put your hands on the process, especially in the petrochemical field. It's important to get out there to understand what operators do or what uh, what what the guys, the process engineers for the for the for the customer do as opposed to what we would do coming in later and, and being at their plant, but not necessarily being an integral part of their plant. So, you know, you can learn so much when you're young from being out in the field, and that's your probably better time to get into that because the more you get on in your career, the more they expect you to be doing higher-end things. Sure. Yep. Um, so before we go any further, can you explain a little bit more what, uh, petrochemical sure. engineer areas, even in terms of, is that something you need a degree in or something with a degree in X and a, yeah. a, a certificate? Yeah. So our company does petrochemical engineering and we have, um, we have people in almost every major engineering discipline. So we have electrical engineers, chemical engineers, um, civil, structural, mechanical, uh, so we have all those different types of people, and they all serve a function in in what we do. So it, one of our projects might be to design a new uh, storage tank at a at a uh, oil storage terminal. Yep. Well, we would have the civil and structural people review the foundation. Uh, somebody maybe like myself would come in for the tank design, and then there's a pump, there's piping. So the process and mechanical people would be involved. There's electrical and instrumentation and controls. They would be involved. There's there's programming for when the pump starts, what happens with other things. So, so we basically have people in, in almost every major engineering discipline. Gotcha. And petrochemical engineering is kind of just a focus of engineering. It's not yeah. necessarily right. You're a petrochemical engineer. Um, it's just yeah. something that you do. Yeah. That's so. That's a pretty generic term for anybody that works along the chemical and petroleum lines. Um, so like our, so our company's not doing strip malls and hospitals, right? You know, we're doing petrochemical right. type work. Yep. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Do you guys ever branch out from petrochemical? You guys um, focus kind of right there. Well, we have a couple of advantages with, with petrochemical. Um, one is in general, they have a lot of money and they pay well and they pay often. Um, so 
from our end, you know, we have a lot of people that have worked for clients and have a lot of experience. So we have a lot of high end people. Um, the issue we have is we have on occasion branched out into a couple other things, but working for developers or hospitals or towns, municipalities, usually the, you know, the, the pay rate scale for what we can get a job for is not as good. And there's always the issue of payment. So like I said, the company I used to work at, it was there 19 years. I want to say in that 19 years, and that was probably about a, our, our revenue in the company was 10 to $12 million a year. And we probably over the course of that whole time frame lost out on uh, maybe a hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of fees yeah, from so not getting crazy. paid. So yeah. no, nothing crazy. So it's definitely uh, definitely a good market to be in, and they value you know people with experience that can help them because if they're making money and we can help them make money, everybody's making Everyone money. Wins. They're good yeah. with that. Yep, that's good. So um, with all this ex- experience, you know, thirty years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, can you give any uh, advice or anything that someone who might be thinking about becoming an engineer, whether it's, you know, civil, mechanical, electrical, whatever it is, someone who's maybe thinking about going to that. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things. Make sure, first of all, you're doing something that you like to do. So that's probably basic for, for any career choice. Don't get into it just for the money or don't get into it because your dad was an engineer or whatever. Um, make sure it's something you like. So that's number one. Number two is don't limit yourself to maybe what you started out with engineering on. So uh, I've seen a lot of guys at our office, um, myself included. I started out as a civil engineer, my civil structural, my father was that. Um, But then realized that um, I like some of the mechanical, the tank inspection, the petrochemical side, and ended up doing a lot of work on on that side just from uh, experience and talking to people and and just really being something that I want to do. Um, the other thing is, you know, a lot of guys that get engineering degrees also go into the construction side a little bit. They manage projects for, for, uh, construction companies. They can be staff engineers at a, at a client's facility, like, you know, GE or Exxon. These people have their own staff engineers. Um, so don't limit yourself just to maybe what you think your engineering field is. Open it up a little bit. Make sure that, um, that, um, you know, you keep your options open. There's a lot of opportunities out there. You might see something you like that's not directly related to your field, but by all means, you know, if you, if you're willing to put the time and energy into learn more about that, then, then that's another avenue you can take. Yeah. Is that, um, with them trying to pick the right thing of engineering, I know it might be hard to figure out what type of engineering you want to go into when you Mm -hmm. start. Was that an easy process for you once you got your associates in civil and kind of switched with your bachelor a bit? Was it experience driven or was it as simple like? I have enough credits and kind of um, to switch. Yeah, for me, it was always civil structural to get my education degree. Um, so, and that's probably primarily because that's mostly what my father's company was as well. And my brother does the same thing. Um, so those guys, my, my father and brother primarily stick to the civil structural side. Like I said, I've branched out more to do um, process work, mechanical work, tank design, fire protection related to that. Um, so just, you know, branching out and, and, and doing some other things. And that was primarily for, for two reasons. I, I found it a little bit more interesting and, um, it pays better on the grand scheme of life. Civil engineers are probably on the lower pay scale side. Um, so I, I found that it was beneficial to me and my employer to be able to, you know, have me do other things. And the older you get in our business, the more well-rounded you can be with things um, the greater value you are to your company and, and to your clients. No, that's good. Uh, 
I know that you also went to uh, RIT. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, was that a good experience? Because I feel like something in in your degree, it kind of is hard to gauge uh, maybe from behind a desk or from whatever. Mm-hmm. But I know RIT does a lot with internships, a lot with kind of hands-on experience. Yeah, so when I when I went there, um, they don't, I'm not sure how much they do this anymore. So when I went there... Um, First of all, they they kind of they didn't have an agreement with the community college I went to, but they took all the credits and everything like that, and they did a work co-op thing where basically they were on trimesters. So you would go to school for two of those, and then have depending on where you were in your trimesters, one or two uh, trimesters where you would go out and work for for clients and stuff like that. And my originally. When I was with them, I, I worked for a mechanical contractor, and that's where I, oh, okay. I liked some of that work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. That kind of helped a lot too. Was kind of just it did. It got me into some of the that industry. You know, I yeah. I had been working with uh, with my father, um, you know, from engineering even before I went to college, um, and I knew you know a lot along those lines at least that what, kind of what that what that profession looked like a little bit. And then um, working for this mechanical contractor got me introduced to both the construction side of things and the mechanical. And when I say mechanical, they were like HVAC and plumbing and stuff like that. But they were a big contractor, so you got to see a lot. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, What about advice for someone who has already gone through college and has been in the field for two, three years? So those guys that you hire kind of right out of college who might not stick around. Yeah. um, I mean, I guess my advice to them, once again, is always make sure you're doing something that you like. Now, not every job is unicorns and rainbows. So there's ups and downs to every job. But in general, you have to make sure it's it's a job you like and and working for somebody you like. Um, Number two, I learned a couple of things early in, in, in the career. So if you're in the consulting side in particular, um, you, you want to make sure that one of the main things you're doing as an engineer is you're always putting a public safety first. So I know this sounds a little funny, but some states have general duty clauses for their engineers as well, especially if they're licensed, that they are required to you know, have a general duty to protect the public, which means you, know, you have to... If you see something that doesn't look right, if you think something's not right, if you know something's not right in your design or something you see, you really have to raise that up the flagpole to make sure that that's that's one of the things that, um, you know, when you're a licensed engineer, that the state and trust is part of your licensure is to be able to always be looking out for the public's general welfare. So if you see something in a design that's not right or something in the field that's not right, you know, you have both a duty and an obligation to speak up about that. And that could also be something, you know, from working in the petrochemical industry, just something that doesn't look safe, whether it's, uh, you know, something unrelated to your task. Like I've been walking through job sites and seen something that, you know, maybe there's a guy or two working on a task, but they're so focused on that task, they're not seeing a bigger picture thing. So always be looking out for the welfare of those around you. Like I said, especially in the petrochemical, things can go wrong very quickly and be very deadly. So one of the things they've always, you know, we always require even for our junior engineers is um, I have them come in and sit down. We talk to them about this a little bit. We have them read a couple of books, like one of them is like lessons from the past, disasters that have happened that could have probably been avoided. Um, uh, So just we want to make sure that's always a focus. Our clients stress that, but we always stress that too, that safety of those around you and just the general duty to produce safe, effective designs. So always do that. 
Number two, when I was working at an industrial plant early in my career, a guy told me a good piece of advice. Not that I probably wouldn't have done this anyways, but um, he said, listen, you get a lot of pressure from a lot of people uh, to do and say things. Never lie. He goes, because the good part is you never have to remember what you say. Now, you can be wrong, but he goes, you don't have to remember, oh, what did I say to this guy or what did I say to that guy? How did I try to just, you know, say what you think, be honest about it. And um, like I said, you can be wrong. That's okay. But at least you're, uh, you know, you don't, you don't have to worry about what you try to say and look over it. I also had another guy uh, who, was, uh, who was a different industrial plant said, listen, always be a little careful. And this is back to the safety thing. You know, don't try to cut corners. Don't, think, don't do things like that. Because imagine every one of your sentences starts just with your honor and you're in court, right? So just, you know, those were good pieces of advice early in your career. Because there's going to be a lot of pressure to bypass and do things, especially in the petrochemical. If you get a chance to see the movie Deepwater Horizon, you'll see how much pressure those guys are under to get things done. And, and I mean, they're talking decisions that are, you know, $50 million a day decisions. Those are big numbers. So there can be a lot of pressure and a lot of stress, but you can't let that get in the way of safety. Yep. No, that's good. I know uh, in software engineering, I mean, I know it's not close, but we have, uh, we don't have that in our contract where it's, you know, do the right of public service. But I know a lot of guys who, uh, myself included, when you go through some of this stuff, um, I mean, you probably hear it in the news all the time now in terms of security hacks and all other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm asking for your social security number, am I storing that somewhere where, sure. you know, Joe oh, Blow right. can go get it? Or is it somewhere where, uh, you know, safely secure all that stuff, stuff that you kind of speak up about where yeah. uh, unless you're a company that's regularly doing audits and enforcing those audits, oh, it's sure. kind of left up to the developer where if you come across something to red flag it yeah. and come back Absolutely. to it. So I get that for sure. Um, anything else with advice for people going into college, coming out of college? Yeah, I guess when you're first starting out in your career in particular, um, spend more time listening and speaking and listening to everyone. You know, like I said, I've got 30 years plus experience in this industry and I learn stuff every week from junior engineers who are checking something to something new that they found out to a guy who's uh, been, you know, operating the equipment in the field for the last 20 years. So, you know, always be listening to people. Sometimes they say things um, in a, in a maybe harsh way or something along those lines, but listen to what they're saying, not to how they're saying it. Um, And don't put folks down for the position that they're in. So you may be in a, you know, Hey, I'm an engineer out of school. Look at me. You may be looking at a guy that's, you know, got 20 years experience at a plant, but, and you're thinking, ah, he's just a guy that, you know, turns a wrench or does something. Yeah, but that guy's got a lot of experience that you know nothing about. Right. And right. who knows what went wrong within those 20 oh, years? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I remember talking to these guys and they're like, oh yeah, back in 72, we tried that and that didn't work for this reason. It wasn't an obvious reason, but the guy remembered it and they came back and you're like, aha, that makes sense to me now. Right. So always be listening, always soliciting input. Um, the other thing, especially, and this is for almost any engineering firm, but uh, always be checking your own work. So take the time to put out quality work as a junior engineer in particular. Check your work, have somebody else check your work. What I encourage our folks to do is, listen, 
grab a cup of coffee. Engineer's favorite beverage, everyone. Always good. Um, leave your office or cubicle for a second. Take your whatever you need to review with you. Get away from the situation and do a review of it. Because it's going to help you produce work that's been checked by you, that's hopefully, you know, less errors in it. Um, and it gives you a chance to just, like I said, stepping away from where you are, gives you a chance just to put some other stuff out of the, out of your mind, your phone, your computer for a second, maybe, and focus on the task of checking stuff. Cause it's not an easy task to check somebody else's work. So I would also encourage you to have people check your work. I mean, I've got 30 years experience. I still have people check my work. Um, it's always, always good to catch it now than when it gets into the field or into, into construction. It's just a much, much harder change. Um, the other thing for, I guess, more along the junior engineer line is um, just to have a thirst for knowledge to want to figure things out. Listen, if you have a problem, it's okay to ask, but do some research first. Look, you know, they have this thing now I'm told called the Internet. So you can go out and look at that. See, when I was a younger guy, it was we had catalogs on the wall. There was no internet when I first started. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you were looking at catalogs and old books and things along that line. Um, and you still go to people for advice, but now it's you know, just so much easier to check things if you're stuck on a problem or something like that. So try to come with solutions. You know, you may have two or three solutions when you're going to, you know, the next level up from you to, to discuss the problem. Not that you're trying to, you know, just do it to look good, but you want to have some solutions and they'll be able to talk you through it. But, but you know, that's part of growing as an engineer is, is not just having people spoon feed you stuff, but sitting down, spending the time to figure it out yourself, um, or at least have a solution. Now, like I said, it could be the wrong one. Your sure. boss will hopefully tell you that. Um, but you know, they want to see that, you know, you have, you have the thirst to be able to, uh, to do that. And I would encourage folks, you know, don't be afraid to put in that little bit of extra time to do it. Even if you're not, directly on the clock, getting paid for it and doing all this stuff. It's part of who you want to be as an engineer is, is, a, is somebody that can look through and understand and, and figure things out. Yeah, that's good. So speaking of you not having the internet when you started, mm -hmm. what other evolutions in technology have changed? Right. So there was no internet when I started. There was no AutoCAD when I started, which is the drafting software that everybody uses. Now. Sure. Yeah. Um, Another thing I know that you use now, or at least I've heard you use. So we talk about Esri all the time on this podcast, but you guys use Google earth. We do. Now we use it more for, so from our end of things, uh, we probably don't use it to its fullest ability, but for me, it's nice when a, when the client says, Hey, I got this site and I've never been to it before and I can call up Google earth. And, you know, fly over to it and at least get the general layout of what the facility right. is. Right, and maybe how big the plot how is and all this stuff. How big the plot is, yeah. what, but we do a lot of tank farm and work, you know, what's the tank farm look like and stuff like that. What's around the area of that facility? Hey, there's three schools and a hospital next door. Well, that makes a difference sometimes in what you're looking to do. Um, so it, it's, been, it's been very helpful in that regard just to get basic information. It, it has been. Um, you know, everything when I started was, was paper. You know, we made blueprints. We, okay, we made blueprints. We did all the stuff by hand. Drafting was by hand, and, and it was just a different time. You need a lot more people to do the same thing. Changes were a lot harder 
you know, it's one thing now, two clicks of a mouse, and, you know, you can edit something. Back then, it was, you know, you got to raise half a drawing and redraw it. Yeah, so it's it's definitely changed um, in that regard. Just this general sharing of information has gotten easier. Um, you know, even when I started, the fax machine was around, but not in full swing. Um, no cell phones. You know, just those, you know, there was no, like, so when you were away from the office, you were away from the office. We had, uh, that was technology of the day. So there was times we didn't even have pagers. Um, but, you know, so when you were out in the field or something like that, you know, there was, you know, outside of you calling the office, there wasn't any communication. So, yeah, just the whole, I, I would say the big couple change for us is just the whole communication thing. Email, internet, how that all gets documented, you know, now that's a good a good paper trail, you know, we, we call it. Um, and just the way we, we produce drawings and can make changes is just so much different than, than what it was. And honestly, even when I was coming up through, through high school, I mean, even the computer wasn't really around. It was yeah. just starting to come into play. Um, I remember my father telling me, you know, when he graduated from college, you know, the big thing there was a handheld calculator. You know, so in 60-something, he paid $100 for a calculator that adds, subtracted, multiplied, divide, and that was cutting edge. It was one of those red LED models. Right, now you get a phone, yeah, and it just, it's on there already. Before yeah. that, it was, for you guys should look this up, it was the slide rule to do long division and multiplication problems. So it's changed. Yeah. No, that's, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So last question I have for you as we finish up. I appreciate all this so far. Um, so you travel on the road a lot when you were doing this stuff. Yeah. Um, doing all that. Do you have any fun stories? Any, any like real like outstanding moment from either something that happened while engineering or traveling to a job? or? Um, you know, that's a good point. Uncle Eric is the one with the stories. Oh, I know he Just is. To like, be clear. there's, there's so, probably a whole episode later on the road where it'll be yeah, nothing yeah, but yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got good for that. You know, in general, the travel's been pretty straightforward. But I'll tell you. So this is, this is the one. We had this client that had, um, had a bunch of terminals in the Caribbean. Okay. I like to go to the Caribbean. Right. So, um, and the best part was they would trade. So they have. They have their own kind of in field engineering staff, they call them. They're the folks that handle the field issues for the terminals and stuff like that. And they would trade these people out every 18 months or so. So basically what it was was it was a path for junior engineers to come up through the company. So they weren't expecting them to be there a long time. It was, hey, get some field experience and move on. So And then we would do the more detailed engineering and stuff like that. So I had this one client. God bless him. They were in the they were in the Bahamas and they had this fire water pump. Explain a fire water pump. So they if you basically what it is, it's a it's a pump that this particular one took water out of the ground, pumped it into a fire water system so that if they had a tank fire, oh, they would gotcha. have water available to help put out that fire. Sure. Yep. Okay. So it was busted for a long time. Oh okay. yeah, this is the so, yeah, yeah. progress is slow. So but this client he calls me up one time. Hey, I need you to come down and look at the fire water pump. Okay. Fly down there. It's great because you go down. And first day, plane doesn't get there till like 2. 
Right. You, don't go to the you can't really get there quick. Yeah. Next day you go to the terminal, but that other plane had turned around and you know, it's three and you can't really catch that. But so it was a three or four day ordeal and like four hours. Right. Away. I don't feel like there's a lot of flights going in and out. No, it's just no, if you're there. No, yeah. And you didn't want it. So it was nice. And you know, you can stay through the weekend. The boss was good. So fly down, look at the fire water pump, talk to the guys. Yep. I think the shaft is busted. Let's pull the pump out. And I know it's going to be expensive, but shaft is busted. That'd be my guess. Okay. They don't do anything. That field engineer leaves. Next field engineer calls me. Hey, I need you to come look at the fire water pump. It's busted. <laughs> yeah, let me come down there. Fly down again. Same, same exact one. Do the same. Did you guys pull the pump? No. Chef's still busted, I bet. Then go back. Then the next guy comes on. This is right before they're going to sell the place. And they're like, oh, we really need you to come down and look at the fire water pump. Not a problem. I'll be there. Go down. <laughs> look at this thing. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. You guys pull those? No. Still busted. Yeah, same spot. Same they, month. Move. I'm telling you, it's the exact same thing. I, I could have told them over the phone what the problem was, I but feel, I'm not going to yeah. yeah, why would you, when you can hear that behind us, I feel like the third time you got like sandwiched in hand. Oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, is, yeah. Is this the one yeah, right here? Yeah, I feel like you're yeah. pointing I out to them to which the one the pump down, is. By the place. Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that nice. was probably, I mean, just, so there's, there's been some stuff like that. But overall, my travel, thank God, has been relatively uneventful. I mean, I get, to, I get to see a lot of different things, which, is, which has been nice. Um, always, you know, and for the folks on the road, you know, always just, you know, it's a balance between how much you're away and how much you'll be home. So, you know, I, I do try to be home more. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll take late flights back and things like that. So it's always a balance between work and that. Um, it wasn't terrible over, over my career there. Um, but, you know, it, some days here isn't bad, weeks here on occasion. But, um, but you know, always when you're on the road, it's, it's nice to come home. Yeah, for sure. So cool. Good story. Anything else? Um, no, I guess that's it on my end. You're all good. I'm good. Well, thank you everyone uh, for listening to this week's Engineer or What. I know it's been a little different. Um, you know, if you like what we're listening to, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you listen to next week's episode when hopefully Ricky will be ready and back uh, to our normal schedule. Um, if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, Instagram at engineer of what is where you can find us. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you guys in the week.